This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. We are already at episode number 67, and today we are wrapping up our DOO Expert Coach interview series. And I am doing this with none other than a financial expert and someone who is just continuously really, really moving forward in the operational space and is pivoting at this point in her business as well. So I'm really excited to bring on our financial DOO expert coach, Jenny Davis. I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Jenny before we dive in and you get the honor and the blessing of listening to her and, and learning from her today. But Jenny is much more than a bookkeeper. She's more than a financial coach. She's more than operations. She is a combination of high-level profit strategy and operations expertise that focuses on the whole health of the business so that the client so that her clients can experience the business growth that they've only been dreaming of. Through profit strategy and cash flow design, she comes alongside her clients with a can-do attitude and takes ownership of the financial aspect of the business so they don't have to anymore. Her goal is to eradicate financial stress for her clients and plan for profit like they've never seen before. She's breaking the mold in the accounting and the CFO space, combining financials and operations in a way that skyrockets cash flow and plans for profit. Jenny is a profit advisor, a CFO, and an operations director combined all in one without the overhead of hiring for these positions and minus the stuffiness of those stinking accountants. <laughs> so Jenny is really one of those people when she came into the DOO certification, she came in as a certified OBM, a profit first professional, and was looking at growing her business and really leveraging the skills of the six tenants that we talk about, the six areas of focus in our program. And so she has been able to add to the financial information that I have shared, but we're now leveraging her because she's an expert in this area. And last round, our round five was the first time that she came in and it was rated our number one training by our coaches, or excuse me, by our students. So I, I know Jenny was a little surprised by that because teaching has she has not really been teaching this stuff, but she did such a great job. And having somebody with true financial strength, it's really a secondary or maybe even a tertiary strength for me, but for Jenny, it's number one. And so we're like opposites, but in the same space, whereas financials is her number one and she's building in operations. I came in with operations and HR and have been building on financials. And so together, I think we make one heck of a team and I'm so excited to have you here, Jenny. Thanks, Natalie. It's always such a treat when you and I get to chat. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for saving the time. And for, I know today our listeners are going to understand and have a better understanding of, maybe I should back up and say they're going to be less intimidated by the financials. You, even in your presentation and in the time that I've gotten to know you, I really started to see financials as much less frightening 
than the way I used to view it. And even though I'm a business owner in my own right, I know that I'm not different than most of the other business owners that we're going to be working with. And we kind of want to put our head in the dirt when it comes to financials. We know that's why we're here. We want to make money. But the actual part of managing money and having a plan for it is something that lots of business owners are going to skip or pass on and even delegate to somebody else. And so I love that you're combining both of those, both operations and that financial strength. That's just a true, true CFO is such a valuable commodity. So tell me a little bit about you. Give me some background on you or for the listeners so that they can understand a little bit more about Jenny. Okay. Well, my name is Jenny and I am married to my high school sweetheart of 32 years. We have three grown children, amazing children that are out there making their mark on the world. And I'm also the CEO of JMD Business Solutions. And as a profit strategist and cash flow coach, I empower service-based businesses, typically married preneurs or partnerships, to optimize their uh, daily financials in their business so we can reclaim their profit and ultimately let them have the freedom to get back to doing what they love as a visionary in their business. Gosh, I love this so much. And we're going to dive deeper into these marriedpreneurs because there is something that is really, really special. And it's a place that I've had to come into the marketplace and work in these businesses that are owned by, you know, two loving people and can be very complex at times. And so we're going to dive into that, Jenny. Don't you think for a second that these people that are listening to this are not going to have an opportunity to, to see this? But also, I love the way that you're modeling what, you know, how we can really get niche and what we can look forward to and and really finding who it is that we want to serve and going all in. So before we get to that part, I want to back up and tell me a little bit about your background and your history. Where did you start and where have you come from? Natalie, I think I might have been born with a clipboard in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. I started, uh, entrepreneurship is literally in my blood. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. And at a young age, my grandfather, who had his own business, I worked with him and he installed the value of good work, honest work. When I think about it, I even think about, you know, he was teaching me systems within businesses, client care. And so it was just naturally in my blood to move forward in that area I served at a corporate level for many years in the retail space and in the education space. And in 2008, I made the decision to come home and be with my children who were, you know, elementary, junior high and high school at the time. Very, very similar to your story, Natalie, where they were so busy with their activities in school and I just needed to be present. But I knew that I couldn't just do that. I had to do something else. And so I started a small bookkeeping and tax practice and I was able to meet business owners. And I quickly saw that they weren't looking for just a bookkeeper. They were looking for a partner. They needed someone to come alongside them, to help them to navigate financials, team management, marketing, you name it. They needed that operations person in the business without having that overhead. Mm-hmm. of hiring those professionals. And so after many years of that, I decided that it was time to rebrand and redesign my business so that I could offer all of those services. And that's actually where I found you, Natalie. I love it. So tell me a little bit about your designations. We mentioned a few in the introduction, but tell me how you came across Profit First. That's you know such a great 
structure that a lot of us use and have heard about in the entrepreneurial space, but I'd love to hear as a professional, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I have always worked as a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, and I actually met Mike Michalowicz when he spoke at a convention right after he had written Profit First. And so, you know, he threw the accounting world upside down with this book, and it was so, it was so interesting, and I was so intrigued by it. And I quickly implemented it in my own business. Mm-hmm. And several years later, decided that I needed to be able to bring this to my clients. And so I went through their certification. You, It's a hard designation to receive. And uh, you have to you know, go through the hoops and practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. And so we were able, I was able to do that and become a certified profit first professional. And then, you know, I found the DOO program. And again, another program that just spoke to me. And so I was certified in that. I had previously been certified as an online business manager. And so as my company has grown, I needed to grow myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was always about continuing my own education, which is one of my core values, always learn, to always be learning. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your team today. So I know you've got some people that are helping you to quote unquote, do the work and to help you with your accounts, but tell us how that's structured. So I have a team of client managers. They come in and they support each client individually. They each have their own workload with the clients. So the clients have a direct link to them at all times. And we're looking at a you know a higher level. I'm looking at everything with the clients. I'm meeting with the clients, but the client managers are doing those day-to-day. I also have a VA on my staff. She's amazing. And she handles kind of the operation side of my business. She's almost like an OBM to me. Mm-hmm. And so that structure has worked really well in my business. And I just plan to keep growing that as my business grows. Yeah, I know I can tell your commitment to learning and to developing. And it's not only just in the learning and checking off the boxes, which is probably not even that important to you. It's more the zest of just refining and getting more clear and serving in your greatest passions and skill sets and and really innate and God-given skills. I mean, I think that's what you're really wanting to leverage. And I see, even in our time of knowing one another, I see you refining and pivoting and getting closer and closer to who it is. And so your avatar has probably changed over time. Is that true? It is true. You know, you hear that you have to niche down, you know, that's the best way to go. And in my industry with finances, though you can pick an industry and go for it, I really loved learning all the new industries. I loved when I, you know, I have pilots, I have gym owners, I have computer software companies. And I love getting in those industries and learning because foundationally, they all need the same thing. And so that's what I bring to the table with them. Yeah, I can absolutely attest to that. I have always said, whether it's project management or operations, it doesn't matter the industry. It doesn't matter the business model. The reality is operations doesn't change. Operations is looking at human capital, resource management, which are your financials, and also the projects that they want to do. And so, you know, a project manager doesn't even have to be an expert. You know, when you're looking at financials, you can, if you choose to, to go deep, but it really depends on your personality. And I am a lot like Jenny, where I have loved having multiple industries. I've had brick and mortars. I've had local businesses. I've had online businesses. I've had, you know, $42 million businesses that 
it really doesn't change that much. When you pull back the curtain, it doesn't really change. And so I think that this is a good reminder for anyone listening today to really think about how you like to serve, not necessarily trying to fit into, I always say copy and paste models just don't work. And so I don't want you to feel like you have to copy and paste anyone who's already a director of operations, anyone that inspires you or a role model to you. I want you to really tap into yourself. And that's what Jenny has done. Tell us about the marriedpreneur. So as I've navigated through these years in business, I have been so blessed to work with many couples or many partnerships in business. And, you know, it is hard to be an entrepreneur or solopreneur, but there's a whole nother level when you're doing it as a couple or even in a partnership, because you don't only have the business aspect, you have the personal aspect of that. And so I have learned through the years to come in to these relationships, these business relationships, and I've been referred to as the work wife, the number two, the chaos tamer, but I work as a third in that to help navigate those waters, to, to work with them as a partner. And I've just seen amazing success with that. And that's truly where my heart is because I understand the struggles that they go through. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm eager to jump in there and uh, see success for them. Right. Let's talk about some of those struggles because I believe that there are people who are listening today who are going to walk into partnerships that there may be a CEO that may be female or male, but in reality, their CFO or somebody that they care for is really a silent part of the business. And I've run across this both silent and having an acting role in the business. But at the end of the day, you've got two personalities who love one another, but are also understanding and committed to the same mission. The vision may be different because we're two different people. It's really hard for two people to have the exact same vision, which begins the complexity of the relationship and even defining priorities. And so I believe that's, in my experience, that's where I have come in and been helpful as far as helping them to define what is important or what their roles are. But what has, what has your experience been when you're coming into, you know, a partnership? Well, it's so true, Natalie, and I can tell you that it's strategic mapping. That's where we're going to start because that's where we lay those goals out. That's where we talk about those visions and we start assigning, you know, who is doing what and there's a purpose to every move that we're making. And so adding that element in when working with my business owners has been invaluable. I mean, it's just incredible and it helps so much with the personal relationship in the business. Right. When everyone has a job and knows what they're doing, it really makes the day-to-day operations easier. Yeah, the clarity, I believe, from two parties who may not have the same interests at the same time, which is completely normal, but to have that put down there and then also to have a third person right? I know a lot of times when we are coming in, most of the time when we're coming into businesses, the person's looking for their quote unquote right hand. But when you come into a couple or to a partnership, it's almost like the tiebreaker, right? And then what I have seen is they'll abdicate some of their responsibilities to me or decision-making authority to me because they their relationship between one another is they realize it's more important than this business decision at this time, even though we're all passionate. So I, I feel like the strategic mapping model gives us the framework to be able to come back and make this a little less emotional because relationships are so emotional. 
Exactly. And when I'm dealing with couples or married preneurs, this is a, a really key part of the mapping is to incorporate the personal side of that. When is your date night? Mm-hmm. When are you stepping out of the business? How are we separating you from the business so that you are a couple and then bringing you back into your positions in the company? Wow, that is gold. We talk about this when we're looking at a couple different times in our strategic mapping process. You know, we're going to look at values and boundaries, but also on in one of the objectives that we talk about is that that growth place and growth there we are very complex beings and it's not just business. Business is actually one small part of who we are and at least in my life and I know in Jenny's life our husbands and our spouses are significantly more important than anything that any success that we could reach or any business that we're building. And so having and creating space for that and just having another outside person to have accountability to, to making sure that we have date night, that we, that we're focused on the goal and not getting dissuaded by things that are less important or not going to necessarily align to our vision that we have that we've already stated. So I can see you coming in, Jenny, and making just a huge mark. When we were talking about this a a month ago, I just got really, really excited because I have had that opportunity four different times to come into businesses that were owned. You know, sometimes they were CEOs and COOs and they define these, these roles very differently. And sometimes they were silent partners and sometimes they were known partners. But at the end of the day, even though my husband's not a part of this business, I run almost every single decision by him. He doesn't know the nuances of the business and I don't think he has to for the role that he's playing. But to be my counterpart, And hello, my risk is his risk. (laughs) We definitely communicate about my business quite a bit, which is much different than his because he's an employee in a corporation. So I I believe that marriedpreneurs are all over the place, whether they're both in the business or not. And to be honest, Jenny, when I was, we worked with a financial planner for about two years and we would have, I would meet with her monthly, but we would have quarterly meetings where we were coming together my husband and I both on those meetings so that it was really in the vein of transparency, of open communication, and then hate to say this, but like disaster planning. Like if anything were to happen to me, you know, this asset still remains. And what does Jess, my husband, what does he do with this? And so, you know, that was another reason that he needed to be present, aware, you know, informed of what the books look like. And I see lots of people hiding that and withholding that. So, I mean, we're not here to be therapists or anything like that, but when you can get to the point where your husband or your spouse is, you know, where your partner is invested, but not necessarily showing up every single day, I just, I want you to realize that that's a real place of growth and puts you, your relationship on top of your business, where I think when we're in the building stage, we tend to spend a lot of time, more of our time, more personal time than we actually think in the building of our business and less in our relationships. And so just being cognizant and aware. I'm going to switch up a little bit and talk about operations. How have you added on operations? I know the DO certification helps you with seeing the different aspects, but just from We get lots of people who are interested and have a similar Colby profile to me that are analytical, that have that quest for fact-finding, which lots of financial people with financial acumen are going to be in that same camp. So when you came here, that was your greatest strength. Tell me how you have rounded out your skill set with a focus on operations. 
Well, I definitely came in and revisited my service offerings. And of course, because I have a passion for the small business owner, the Mary Panewers, the partnerships, I wanted to be able to serve them. And I knew in order to serve them with everything I had, I had to redo my service offerings to incorporate strategic mapping, to incorporate profit advising, not just your basic bookkeeping compliance, but to really come in as a partnership. And so through the DOO certification, that's what I learned. I learned how to pivot where I was and really define and provide what I felt like my avatar was asking for. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Well, we have several different service offerings. You know, we have high level offerings where I'm actually working as a DOO within their company, Great. profit coaching, like I said, all the way down to their basic bookkeeping compliance. There's a lot more face-to-face time with me. We're doing a lot of strategy work in that. A lot of the CFO services that I offer are in those higher level packages. And so that's where you really see that come out. Were you doing much strategy? Basically, I'm trying to figure out if you had the strategy inside of you, but you were, you didn't see yourself as a strategist before the certification or was it the certification that kind of gave you that permission? And this is not a loaded question. (laughs) Sure. Well, I had it and I was honestly giving it away for free Yeah, (laughs) Um, because it's in me, because that's my background is in operations as an operations Mm -hmm. director. I couldn't show up without offering it. I just, I can't. Right. And so I was offering it. I, you know, what happens a lot of times with financials, you know, you're so intimately involved in these businesses that you become very close. And so I was not only offering financial advising, I was offering team support. I was offering marketing support and even personal decisions. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many conversations, though I'm not an attorney, where we discussed, do you have a trust? Is everything taken care of? Those disaster plans that you're referring to. There's not many decisions that my business owners make that they are not first discussing with me to make sure that they're on the track that they need to be. Absolutely. And that's why I am a big proponent of taking people, you know, I'll I'll get questions sometimes like, well, I've got a background in bookkeeping or I'm a CPA. Will this work for me? And it really, yes, it will. Yes, it can. It depends if you want to expand your scope. And I've certainly seen, even though Jenny is describing how she was already giving this away, I've certainly seen bookkeepers who come in and just do bookkeeping and exit. Like they don't put any additional thought into the numbers. Whereas, you know, a director of operations, even if you don't have a strong financial background and you may not be an accountant, you still need to, you are responsible for the operations of the company, which mean we are going to, in our training, we're going to get you comfortable in looking over the financials and the financial reports you don't have to compile the numbers. You need to be able to understand trends, to be able to speak up to them, to be that fact finder that pulls things back and helps you to understand why things are trending up or trending down or favorable or unfavorable and be able to go back to the leader. But but with those people who are really a disservice. Yes, they're checking the box, but they're only going so far. And that may be as far as they can go with their skill set. And that's a true fact. But having that 
director of operations be able to look at the report to then be able to help them make good, better, best decisions is a game changer. Now, someone like Jenny, who's got a specialty in finance, I mean, you're getting top of the top. And I believe that that's where really, really refined strategy, holistic, which she defines as whole health, like that's it. When we talk about strategic objectives, what is the number one strategic objective for everybody, Jenny? It's financials. Absolutely. And we don't just talk about financials as revenue. What kind of money do you want to make? That is so small and minuscule. I mean, I know it's a big goal and a big trigger for a lot of people, but we as operators know that we're really going to be looking for profit. But on top of that financials, it's like, what kind of stability in financials do we need? And having a counterpart like Jenny or a director of operations can help a business owner to set up their business in a way that they can find financial stability and growth versus treading water, literally just checking those boxes from a compliance perspective. So yeah. I love, I've loved watching you and I, you really inspire me to continuously go back to those financial roots and to break my own thought patterns of I'm not an accountant or I'm scared of money. I often say in my trainings and I'll share it here for everybody, when you're working with a client and they show you their financials, you are a partner in a whole new level. You do not have to be a CPA or an accountant for that to happen. That is the way directors of operations come into business. When they open up their financials, they are bearing their soul. They're asking you to be a part and they're going to be open to strategic conversations. This is an essential part of being a director of operations, but I also don't want to paint the picture that you have to be a, you know, a numbers wizard to make that happen. I've never been that. I'm never going to be that, but I've made some massive transformations in businesses by being attuned and focused on what the outcomes of the reports from the bookkeepers look like. And so I want to empower people to understand that you have what it takes to look at the financials. A lot of times it comes down to mindset. So asking people. Absolutely. I always tell my business owners that every decision that they make in their business at the root starts with the financial one. One is not possible without the other. Yep. So like you were just discussing, you know, when you enter in the, to the financial zone with your clients, you're entering into that trust circle. They're trusting you. And as a DOO, you should be at that level anyways. Yeah. But it is a place where, you know, you can really show your skill, mm-hmm. where you can earn that trust and be really truly become a partner in that business. Yes. Financials are the key to that, for sure. You can dream and you can brainstorm about marketing and about different products and how you're going to, you know, how you can programmatically change and alter customer service, all of this. Nothing matters unless you're really honest about what financials look like, because none of that happens confidently without having a good financial picture, whether it's a weak or a strong picture, you got to know the picture, (laughs) you know? So Jenny, I would love for you. I know you shared so much greatness with our directors of operations, and I want to make sure that my listeners who may or may not be DOOs are getting that same exact feedback and your strength and your wisdom. So share some key takeaways that you would like our audience to know about, about just focusing on financials in their business. Okay. Well, I think we touched on it a little bit, but the first key takeaway I want to share is do not be afraid of your financials. 
They are literally telling you a story of where your business has been and where your business is going. If you're just starting out in business, it can be as simple as tracking your income and expenses on a spreadsheet. If you are growing business, you should have some type of accounting system in place and you should be tracking your income and expenses. I always like to tell my business owners, when you see your bank statement come in, read it, grab it. I know everyone listening today loves highlighters. They love post-it notes. They love organization. (laughs) I would highlight that statement up. If there's something on there that you don't know what it is, highlight it and then investigate it. A lot of us love program tools. We love extra things. And we may be spending money in places that, that isn't necessary. Many of my clients, we can reduce their expenses by almost 10% just by doing an expense audit. So that would be the first key takeaway that I have is don't be afraid of those financials. The second thing I want to share is ask questions. If you have a financial specialist in your business, whether it be a bookkeeper or an accountant, don't be afraid to ask them the questions. They're not only there to manage your money, but they're there to educate you in your money. And so if I'm hoping that you're receiving, you know, monthly or quarterly financials, if you're not, you'll you'll want to start there and ask for them, but look at them, meet with your bookkeeper or your accountant and ask questions because there aren't any stupid questions. I mean, it's important that you understand as a business owner what's happening. And then my third takeaway, whether you choose to implement the profit first methodology in your company or not, is to allocate 1% of your revenue to a profit account. You probably already have a business savings account. You generally get one of those free when you open your business account. So on your very next deposit, take 1% of that deposit and put it over into that savings account. We're going to call it your profit allocation account. And do that every time you make a revenue deposit in your business. Then quarterly, what you can do is you can take half of what you've put into that savings account out as a profit distribution for you as a business owner in the company. It might be as small as just going and getting a nice cup of coffee, but it might be as nice as having dinner with your spouse or even taking your family on a nice vacation. Either way, that is the first step to starting to take care of the most important employee in your business, and that's the business owner. I love this, Jenny. And I recently, we recently started working with Profit First in my business. I've read the book several years ago. I was a big believer and I kind of got blocked when it came to, I went to my community bank and they were really resistant on setting up multiple accounts. And I was looking at Profit First very literally, which is exactly what I do because of who I am. (laughs) But I wanted to create the exact accounts and look at the right, you know, the same exact allocations that Mike Michalowicz mentions in the book. And my bank was really resistant. And I was resistant because they wanted me to pay, you know, four or $6 every single month for these things. And in working with Holly Kane as my CFO, I have been able to, she, she just encouraged me to look at this a little bit differently. You know, it's $24 or whatever over the course of a month when we're bringing in significantly much more than that. And we've also consolidated some of these. And so we've adapted Profit First to our business. But one of the greatest things we did, I would say it's been three months ago, and it's so rewarding. And that's your point number three. We started putting in our business, we started putting 5% into that profit into that savings account, which is like, it's, it's your rainy day fund, right? And if, if Jess and I want to go on a nice dinner, 
This is exactly, I mean, this is the benefit of taking all of the risk in this business, right? And so I think that this is such an important thing, so much so that I would like our ops activity for episode number 67 to be to set up, go to your bank. You don't even have to go to your bank anymore. Come on, guys. <laughs> Get online, open up a savings account. It's not intended to be something that you take a distribution out of every single week or anything like that, but dedicate yourself to taking 1%, like Jenny said, 1%. And it can be of every transaction or it can be done at the end of the month. Holly and I meet once a month and I'll do it at that time just because it's consistent and I don't have to think about it throughout the month. But develop the system and the process that works for you. The biggest thing here is to reward yourself for being the leader, for taking the risk, for putting so much time and effort into your business. Give yourself just a little reward. And once 1% feels okay, you can start growing that. So thank you so much, Jenny. I think that that is incredible advice for us. One of the other things I wanted to pull out here is money. Money tells stories in your personal life. We judge those stories all the time, right? We see those, you know, we we can look at celebrities, we can look at, you know, role models out there and tell a story based off of what we're visually seeing. And that's a reflection of money. Okay. We do the same thing in business. Allow it to tell a story, get real with it right? It's no more judgment. It's actually looking at it for what it's worth for identifying it. I know when people come to me and they ask me, Hey, I'm ready for a director of operations. I want you to help me find and hire this person. I directly want to know what their financial situation looks like. Lots of times people will say, my business is growing. I want to start at 10 hours a week because I see this go. This just happened yesterday. I want to hire this person for 10 hours a week. And this will no doubt be a full-time role in by March of 2021. Fantastic. That's a whole other episode. But to that point, I want to know why they feel that way. And you know where this comes from? Their financials. I want to know what kind of trends have you seen in the last six months? I know in my business, after every time I have busted through a plateau, when you look back at the hard, cold facts, those numbers, you could see my monthly income getting a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Well, obviously, as it gets higher, I feel more confident in taking another step or making a pivot or you know narrowing down, whatever that looks like for you. But there is so many stories that come out of, of regularly watching your financials. And what I have done, I used to only look at my past. So look at what happened in the past that helps me to tell the story. But now I'm using all of that, all of those data points to tell the story and to forecast the future. And then I get to compare those. So what is actual and what is forecasted? All of this together has really allowed me to be able to make better calculated moves to know what kind of marketing budget to spend. Because let's face it, for a long time, I was guessing. I was guessing because I wasn't super detailed. I didn't have a chart of accounts. I wasn't working with somebody. You know, I was doing this on my own. I was reconciling my expenses every single month. So again, kind of like the thing we were talking about, I was checking the boxes, but I wasn't allowing myself to really leverage that as a story to help me predict my future or to help me meet the vision. And so there's just so much, if you hear, if you're working with somebody or you're about to work with somebody and they're like, my business is about to explode. I hear that a lot. 
I want you to ask, what trends are you seeing? You're not necessarily asking to see their financials at this point, but what trends are you seeing? If your revenue is is going up at this time, but your profit is not, obviously we need to start looking at what your expenses are. So we can't just make decisions on that top number. You need to see everything. You need to understand, and they need to understand, and that may take you being that storyteller for them. That's really where I'm going with this. There needs to be somebody else because a lot of the people that we're going to be working with have very little interest in the nitty gritty of financials, but they're going to heavily want you to help them with making decisions. And Jenny has talked about today, personal decisions and business decisions really cannot be separated when we're talking about the small business owner. Jenny, before we wrap up today, I, first of all, just thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and your energy and all the goodness that you bring to our group and to me. But before we wrap up, would you let all of these gals know where they could find Miss Jenny? Of course, you can find me at my website, which is jmdbusinesssolutions.com and also at on Facebook and LinkedIn. Awesome. I would love for you guys to check her out and to see the way that she has structured her services and continues to be a leader in her space. And Jenny, thank you for showing me and and really leading me in my own journey of getting clear in what a director of operations can do. And I leverage our partnership as a way for me to see a different perspective and making financials easier to consume. (laughs) It doesn't have to be as complicated as any of us think. And you don't have to be an accountant to be a phenomenal director of operations. And the same goes for the other way around. You can be in operations that grows and learns in the financial discipline, which is exactly the route that I have taken. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny, for being here today. I can't wait to share you with our audience and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks, Natalie, so much. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.